Hey, thanks for joining us for Pact. I'm the P, Peter Coffin. The lovely Miss Astronaut Cowboy Doctor here is the ACD uh, and a Master of Science. Uh, don't miss an episode. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Also, leave us a glowing review on Audible and Apple Podcasts. I've reworked this so it's a little shorter. Oh, See okay. that? Yeah. I'm also botching it by commenting on the fact that I've made it shorter. <laughs> Help us keep the lights on by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Peter Coffin. Your monthly support gets you into the Discord server, gets you exclusive content, and you see some content before everyone else. We've got fantastic packed merch available too. Finally, tell your friends we we rely. Why did I write it that way? That is clearly me in the middle of the night writing. Yeah, well. We rely so big on word of mouth. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. <laughs> we stream 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday. Thank you tons for tuning in. So, if you have paid any attention to my channel, uh, youtube.com slash Coffin. You will probably have noticed that it does not get the kinds of views that one might expect it to get with 250,000 subscribers, which is the number of subscribers that channel has. And I want to talk about how that works and why that works that way. And this involves some history of my channel, um, a little bit of my theories on the YouTube algorithm and how it works. And to preface why I think this is relevant, A, we did make a video prompting people to subscribe to the PACT channel. And I gave a sort of miniature explanation as to why there is a PACT channel. But also, there are a lot of people that want to make content. Because... Well, I'm, yeah, and there are a lot of people that like me. Yeah. I add to the fun. That's true. But why that's relevant is because a lot of people either want to make content or make content. Uh, there are plenty of people who don't understand how YouTube works. And my channel is kind of an extreme example of algorithm death. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so my channel started in 2006. I've been doing YouTube since February of 2006. That's a long time. I was about to turn 10. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Uh, so I made like comedy sketches and song parodies and they weren't bad, but they weren't good either. Some of them were some of them I would still be proud of today. And some of them are total duds. What about the Bioshock rap? The Bioshock rap's pretty good. I'm pretty go back. It's see. basically like Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Except for about Bioshock Infinite. Okay. I like that one. I think that's a good one. It's obviously like fan content that I'm personally disgusted by that nowadays, but whatever. Totally uninvolved <laughs> in it completely. Yeah, exactly. Then Annoying Orange. Yes, I was on Annoying Orange. That was actually how I broke through to the mainstream on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. You know why you're in a funk? Because I'm sitting too close to Onion? He smells it, you tell him, buddy. Yeah, maybe. Back in the day, the YouTube algorithm was different. Uh, you could get 
a lot of traffic based on keywords. You could put in keywords into your tags and it would be like, oh, it's really do that, though, right? It, it does still do that to some extent, but it's not the only thing that's figured. Just work the phrase among us in the title. So I could Fox was was we were talking to him about what words were like the highest yeah like yeah. implicated and and more channel traffic and it's what and it is that right it yeah and so we we were thinking of a title for the podcast that we did with him and alex and we were like what is it about degrowth <laughs> so the video that emerges from this will be what is it about the algorithm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would make song parodies and my song parodies would do very well because it was like, oh, this is related to this and this channel gets some traffic. So that two and two together, we recommend this content with Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. <laughs> I made I Kicked a Girl, by the way. <laughs> It's, it's so, it is based. Let's just say it's based. It's a based shit, motherfucker. This doesn't look good. I remember my mom being upset about it. It's mm. like, she doesn't need to be talking about this in her songs. Flaunting this weirdness. This lifestyle. Yeah, wanting this lifestyle all, this, all in front of our faces. This alternative lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> that shit cracks me up it is, when it's older pretty people funny. call queer people alternative lifestyles. I made several song parodies that got several million views. I did a Nickelback song parody that had 2.3 million views. That's nuts. I did. See, I'm learning today too. Yeah, I'm educating you about, you know, my former glory. Anyway. <laughs> um, I did some Twilight videos. Uh, like I put my mouth over the Twilight trailers. I have something I need to tell you. What? Well, guess what? I'm pregnant. Well, I'm gonna choke you to death then. And uh, one of those got 7 million views, and they commented on it during the commentary of the second Twilight movie. Uh, they referenced one of the jokes in it. That's wild. I'm actually a really cool person. Little did you know that I thought that I was gonna marry Rob Robert Pattinson probably at, at that exact time, so. You had a... What a win for thing, you. Thing, things. The annoying orange guy. Yeah. So the annoying orange happened. My channel blew up to about 330,000 subscribers. And then in 2011, if anybody here knows me, they know what's coming. <laughs> the fake girlfriend thing happened. Uh, I was catfished. And um, that was not good for my channel. 
Um, there was a whole big controversy where people were claiming I made up a girlfriend. Uh, catfishing actually didn't really enter the cultural lexicon. The first documentary of Catfish came out in 2010 at the end of the year. And the series on MTV started, I think, in 2011. After what happened to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You got me there. Obviously, I'm not gay. Well, it's not so obvious. I mean, you, you, you are pretending to be a girl online and, and having a romantic relationship with a guy, so... I give it to you. You got me there. Right. That <laughs> clip is like the best thing in the world, by the way. So I was up at about 330,000 subscribers and went down to about 200 and probably 70-ish. The thing that actually set me on historical materialism, as a little side note for you, um, in 2011, when I got catfished and Gawker, as in the $100 million company Gawker, wrote articles about it and spun facts to make me look bad, I had to ask the question, what the fuck does this company have any interest in me for? Right. When you go through the experiences for someone like yourself, you have to arrive there. Uh, this is the conclusion I've eventually come to on this. I was just fuel. I was something to be eaten up, chewed out, and used for traffic. An oddity for people to laugh at and point and say, hey, you should kill yourself. You suck at what you do. <laughs> and, and and that's what I was told for a, a number of years after that article. Thanks, Gawker. Um, still. Yeah, I still, yeah, to be fair, still. Um, I sort of reverse engineered myself to a materialist analysis from that point. And that will eventually lead you to Marx and you read Marx and you're like, oh, they use people. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, but anyways, over the next several years, I still did comedy sketches and was just constantly fighting to try to get like some footing again. Um, I made fun of gamer gators. I... <laughs> I, I made fun of a lot of it. I got more political. I made fun of anti-vaxxers. In about 2015, 16, I wrote this parody uh, of Star of Seven Years by Lucas something. I don't remember his fucking name. Um, about Star Wars. Once I was seven years old, my TV told me, go get yourself some toys or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Fan has just become some negative word, but to me it's not. Obsessively fangirling can be an amazing thing. It's not just Star Wars, it's everything. But it triggered the Bo Burnham special for me. <laughs> yeah, I, it was mainly about like commercialization right, yeah. of things that people enjoy it was a song where i compressed basically most of the political theory that you hear me talk about that is borderline something i came up with into a thing that's about four minutes long after this song came out and i started really i couldn't watch fiction like it bothered me to watch fiction i was really probably a horrible person to be around <laughs> you're also going through a lot yeah there's a lot of other stuff going on as well I decided, you know what, fucking, I'm not going to do three-minute, four-minute comedy sketches and song parodies anymore. I'm going to just talk for a while. Uh, and the, there was a rising tide of the quote-unquote video essay at the time with, like, H-bomb and all that shit. And I was like, you know what, I could do this, but it's slightly different, not quite how they're doing it. And I can just say what I think. And it might be good, it might not. It certainly would expand watch time because I'd be putting up videos that are, like, 
16, 20 minutes. And that was part of the market incentive that actually was putting pressure on me. To be clear, like market incentives actually do work on me. There was heavy pressure to make longer content. And like, I'm like, what the fuck do I do to do that? And eventually that caused me like, oh, I just fucking do talking about politics. Um, but yeah, I'm not above market incentives. In a lot of ways, that incentive forced me to become more creative. And I think the very important documentaries is a much more creative series than anything I prior made. But it is also the result of market incentives. Right. Um, Which when, people think that you don't get. <laughs> um, would I have told you it was a result of market incentives when I started doing it? Probably not. Uh, I probably right. uh, thought I was above it because we all do at some point. Um, I'm smart. I understand this stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm above it. You're not above it. You think you're above it. You're not. I did that. And it caught the eye of that fandom and that fandom latched onto me a bit and I got some success out of it. That fandom was primarily uh, focused around a subreddit called BreadTube. And that subreddit was very good at directing people to watch videos. Mm -hmm. I sort of got integrated into that and that brought my traffic back up. I was getting, when I would put out, you know, very important documentaries, I would get tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of views on these videos again after years of getting like between, you know, two and probably 8,000 views on a video, which getting made fun of the whole time as a failed comedian for no longer being able to attract people to my channel anymore. And as you can imagine, as a depressed person, I thought, ah, that's entirely true. <laughs> That's how I lived for a while. I was like, basically like, ah, I keep trying and, and no one likes it anymore. I suck. <laughs> so I continued that track. I continued making very important documentaries. I continued reading because uh, at this point I had read a lot of things. I'd read some marks. Through historical materialism, one begins to ask the questions about one's relationship to power, one's relationship to um, the ruling class, why they rule, what they have that I don't, et cetera, et cetera. And that in our age, especially as a content creator, leads one to begin to ask questions about the algorithm. And where we are currently explains a lot of what happened to me in terms of where my channel went up and down, but also a lot of stuff that might help you if you're a content creator or uh, want to be a content creator or want to help support a content creator that you like even. Watch time kind of helped my channel, but the thing that really helped my channel was the BreadTube subreddit. That brought a ton of traffic in and a fandom to my doorstop that was basically um, telling everybody to watch my videos. And I'm sure that had some effect on the algorithm, but that was the primary way I was getting traffic. So in the 2020 election, where I was telling people that Joe Biden will not be better than Trump, and that entire fandom was telling me, you are a Nazi now, um, which, by the way, who turned out to be right about that? Yeah. Also, they still do. Yeah. They still call me a Nazi. They were doing it today. My, yeah. The reason I have trouble talking about this is because it makes my life miserable. It does. Yeah. They go after you because you say like, hey, stop. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and so they're, you're a Nazi. Eh? And then I say, no, I'm a doctoral candidate studying health and equity and racism in the medical system. And they say, oh, good for you, stupid. Like, then they make fun of you for being a PhD for, candidate. For giving my credentials. That's exactly what happened today. This was when a person today was denying that they said that um, Peter should contract. And they didn't they say they, contract? Yeah, they said I, said I should you, contract terminal cancer. Which you don't contract cancer. That's no. not a communicable disease. Uh, yeah. but, but they also said that people should respect my pronouns. Yeah. So it's all okay. Yeah. I fucking hate liberals. Oh my I do God. too. Especially the ones that think they're not liberals. Yes. Long story short, the way the algorithm works is not um, as at one point it was about relevance and clicks. At one point after that, it was about watch time. I continued to do what was necessary to do well in the original version of YouTube's algorithm well into the watch time era. I continue to make comedy sketches mm -hmm. and short videos and relied on keywords and search placement for traffic. And when I started doing content that was longer form and worked better for watch time, I suspect that is also when the YouTube algorithm moved on to what it is now. And I do not think that watch time is the thing that the algorithm cares about after all of these years. Also, it was for a while frequency as well. The more content you uploaded, the better it liked you. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I think that neither of those things is true anymore because I, I get extremely good watch time on my documentaries like they're, you know, between 20 and 50 minutes long. And usually people like the average watch time on them is well over 20 minutes, which is way higher than average on YouTube. I think that the way that you do well on YouTube now has very little to do with frequency or amount of time you can get people to watch it. It has to do with reliability. It has some kind of algorithm that understands that you understand whatever niche has brought that reliability. So let's talk about ContraPoints channel for a second. ContraPoints uploaded four videos last year <laughs> and they all got well over a million views. Why is that? because there's nothing else that goes on that channel. There's one series of videos and it has formed a niche. And in between those videos, those people don't go away. They're waiting for the next one. The YouTube algorithm has figured that out, how to, how to find that. Is that algorithmic or is that just her having a loyal fan base? It is both. The algorithms maintain the fan base. Now, when you have that built-in fandom, you can get a few hundred thousand views, as I was getting at one point. But with ContraPoints, it's different. You will be recommended her videos when she uploads a video because it knows that if it can get new people into those videos, they will come back. Mm -hmm. And it shows all of the people that are subscribed to this channel that uploads four videos a year. It will show them a notification on their phone for sure when she uploads. And for me, that is not the case. The amount of people who message me whenever I upload, I did not get a notification for this. What's the deal? <laughs> is so high. It is so high 
The reason why is because not only did I not follow the algorithm, um, I also maintained several different series, which means I did not create a niche for my channel. I created several niches. And each of those niches was at odds with each other. I had very important documentaries. I had a series called Adversaries with My Ex. And I had Many Peters. And all three of these... Didn't you have another one, like, early on? It was called Last Nightly, but I stopped uploading that because I really did not want to make videos every day. I hated that, that so much. That was every day? I was making those every day. Oh, my God. I fucking hated that. By maintaining different series, I was building several different niches on one channel. And in doing that, I was telling YouTube that lots of people are interested in these videos and they don't click these other videos. And therefore, it thought, oh, people aren't interested in this channel. They'll watch maybe one of the videos and then one much later, after that idiot gets done writing one and makes it. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not making these videos any slower than fucking ContraPoints. Yeah, but I make tons of other videos in between them that the people who want very important documentaries don't want. They want very important documentaries. Or they want Pack, and they don't want very important documentaries. Or they want Many Peters, which I don't do anymore. I can't believe... That's so shocking to me just because they're... It's all the same shit. Yeah, I know. It's the, I mean, it's historical materialism. Yeah. <laughs> but non-compete is a perfect example of having this exact same problem happen to them. Non-compete did the same thing that I did. Did different series, did lots of live streams. And you know what? It tanks you in the algorithm. This is the thing I have learned that you need to take away from this video if you a, want to make content, B, already do make content, or C, want to support a content creator. A YouTube channel is more like a show than a channel. If you went back to Chappelle's show every week and he did a totally different series every week, you would not come back every week. If you came back to Full House and it was like them doing like rock music videos, you might watch it one time. <laughs> But you'd be like, I mm. subscribers unreliably engage with the channel because the content produced is too eclectic. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Let's say somebody came to my channel for very important documentaries. They are less likely to click many Peters, adversaries, packed now, or whatever. They're less likely to click any of those other series, not because they don't like them, but because they don't know them. They literally have no idea what those things are. I, and I, I want to go ahead and say that this is, in my opinion, when you get a leftist channel who starts seeing this kind of problem happen to them, they will begin to complain about the algorithm suppressing leftist content. And I just want to go ahead and say that while leftist content does trend away from consumption, and that very well could be a contributing factor, Look at their channel to see if they're uploading a bunch of eclectic videos, because that is the problem, if that's what it is. And if they are, please fucking notify them so that they can rectify it and begin actually effectively getting the message out there. With that, we have uh, launched a new YouTube channel for Pact, which we would like very much for you all to subscribe to, um, but only if you're interested in Pact. That's all for today. Thanks again for watching. 
This is Packed. I'm Peter. This is Miss Astronaut Cowboy Doctor. To help us out, click like, follow, subscribe, whatever. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Audible. To support us, become a patron at patreon.com slash Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you later.